It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another installment of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. On hardcover, in paperback, and also an audiobook. And the podcast, which for 71 episodes now has captivated a nation. Willing to learn, wanting to grow, and most of all, Steve, wanting to be your friend. Pretty cool because uh, I am in the process of writing book number two. How many rules left are there? No, it's 27 rules. The first time. First time. The second time we're going to economize. The second one is going to be selling in the new millennium. Selling in the new millennium. Because the rules have changed. Ah, since the last time you wrote that book. Well, no. I mean, you know, the, that book was really the basics of, you know, controlling your mindset. Mm-hmm. The next one is the real tactics. Well, congratulations, bro. So I'm really excited. Listen, as long as I keep meeting women off of doing your podcast, I'm it's down for cool, it. Right? We'll do another 71. <laughs> Our guest today doesn't know that backstory, but I tell you what, you know, hey. So I'm going to jump right in and say my guest is Tony Please. Coley. The I, Tony Coley. Because I don't normally do that. I usually tell how great he is and whatever. It's and amazing. then I don't say the name. So I started with the name Tony Coley, president, regional president of BB&T, great Great friend of mine for a really long time. Yeah. I have admired this guy. Watched him play football um, at the University of Miami. Indeed. And then uh, transition into the business world. Remember when you were in Orlando? Yeah. And uh, so I, I'm so thrilled that he took time out of his busy schedule to to be here. And he's going to share his thoughts. You know that I love sports analogies, mm-hmm. how they mm-hmm. align with business. Mm-hmm. And he's the master. So you welcome, and I both. welcome Thank to the you, show, man. my friend. For the, for, I tell you what, bro. For the first time, we've done 71 of these prior to you. This is the first time we actually introduced the guest with their name. See? Normally, he's like, normally he's like, and it's so great to have her with us. She's a longtime friend. We've done a lot of business. And hi. And I go, what's her name? What does she do? Tony Cole, so a slow learner. Regional president of South Florida at BB&T Banks. Yeah. Uh, we are all friends here. We're amongst friends. Mm-hmm. we got about 29 more minutes to get into the good stuff here. Yes. Uh, sports analogies are very useful for people because they're relatable in business. Right. And being a member of a team in sport, regardless of the level, translates into being a team in business. So, Tony, you know this as well as anyone. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, I, I tell people all the time, um, that I learned more in the locker room than I did in the classroom Amen. in college. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just wow. that's just real. I mm-hmm. mean, the things that I do on a day-in, day-out basis, you know, the the strategy that I deploy as a, as a leader mm-hmm. um, in, in our organization, I learned all of that on the football field. I learned mm-hmm. all that on the practice field, in the locker room, being around my teammates. I From mean, Pop the, Warner up. Yeah. I mean, not just at the U. And it's just not it's – just, it's, it's, no, it's not just – the athletic part, it's just from teachers throughout my life, teachers and mentors throughout my life, the majority of which, because I was involved in athletics at a high level, were, were coaches. And so you learn really good things from coaches. You learn bad things. And I was going to say, you learn bad <laughs> things too. You know, yeah. but At least you have a, a moral compass that says that worked or it didn't work. It didn't work, right. right. And you, you, you see all of that, and you take that and you just you know, put it as a part of your, your, toolbox, your toolbox, your tool chest, and part of your repertoire, and those are the things that I do every day. So I, I, I rely upon the things that I learned from my coaches and mentors 
more than I learned from professors and classrooms. And mm-hmm. so, what's you know, an look, example? What's a what's a good example of one of those? It's just you know. So, so you think about like being on a, a high level sports team, no matter what it is, I don't, it's, it's particularly when in a team sport, in mm-hmm. a team sport, like you have to put together a bunch of different personalities, a bunch of different Amen. people from different <laughs> backgrounds. And you have to put those those folks um, headed towards a common goal, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not easy to do. So if you think about a college football team, there's a hundred and something players on the team. And there's one ball. ball, one ball, and there's one ball, but it's one goal, right? Right. And, and mixed agendas, though. Everybody's there for different yeah. reasons. But that patriot mindset of do your job, yes. it do translates job. into business. If you do your job, we win together. No doubt. And I, and I found, you know, most of the things that I that I that helped me be successful in the business world, they're the same things that happen that that coaches do if they're trying to put together a successful team. It's really no different. But they were learned probably for you from Pop Warner through high school through yeah. college ball. That you more so as you said in the practice field, in game day, in those locker rooms than in a classroom. Now, don't get me wrong; education is important. Getting sure. that paper is important. We understand right. that. But the reality is the practical application on a daily basis of understanding not just what, but as I always say, the why, yeah. that comes from the game. Oh, by the way, before going any further, I must, in full disclosure, I am an endorser of BB&T Banks. You so are. So Tony and I have a personal as well as business relationship. Yeah. Um, yes, so continuing. Only because of that night we went to the heat game. <laughs> <laughs> only. Solely, strictly, and only because, oh, what a disaster that night was. Tony and I look at each other like, we don't belong here. Tony, Tony and I like, you know, you know that thing where people don't know each other that well, but they know that they know, right? And so we looked at each other. Awesome like, right? It was an awesome night. It was. We're not going to name any names, but there was a couple of individuals with us that certainly should have been doing their own thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> that were doing their own thing, but that is irregardless. I lost my phone. Yes, you did. I got it back the Shay, next day. Shay, Shay brought my phone Shay back. Brought- yes, you did. Shay came through. <laughs> So, uh, Tony, sport and, and business, and now here you are as the president regionally here of BB&T Bank. So, uh, do you find yourself in a role, when you, you know, almost as a coach? Do you find yourself that oh. when you're putting the team together that you think and you speak along the lines of... I am a coach. You are? Yeah. This is, I, I'm, I'm in banking. That's my football team. That, that's, that's, that's exactly how I see my role. I, I even call my, my, the folks that report to me, I call them coaches. Because if you're involved with trying to help people be better at what they're doing on a day-in, day-out basis, you're a coach. I call a lot of my friends coaches. and not a, Some of them are not very good coaches. <laughs> so I've, I've, been, I've been meaning to ask you this question, yeah. and I'm glad I'm getting the opportunity now. When you're a coach and you have um, A players, superstars, yeah. they can't be coached the same way as you coach others. So how do you manage big personalities there have been some people who have approached me recently about this topic. Yeah. I got a guy, he's my top sales guy, he's a pain in the ass. But the rules aren't the he's same for everyone. He's busting everybody's balls, he's not. But, but, but wait, wait, so it's interesting. The rules are the same, but you manage differently, at least yeah. I think. So I, I'm I, curious. I, yeah. I say I treat everybody fairly, but I treat everybody different. Yeah. Oh, bingo. Everybody fairly. fairly. Right. right. I treat you fairly, but, but you can't treat everybody's everybody the same. same. Everybody's not you can't the same. Treat so everybody the same. Who'd, who'd you play for at the U? Who was your head coach during I, those I years? played for um, Dennis Erickson and Butch mm-hmm. Davis. Okay. Wow. So yeah. preceding, of course, was Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. So another here's another University of Miami Hurricane, another yeah. a, a fellow alumnus here. You know exactly where I'm going. I know I'm the going. story. You, can go. you know the story <laughs> that I'm going. Yeah. So in <laughs> Dallas, during film study, and for those of you right. that know, that a, a, a day in the league is, is a full work day from 6 a.m. and weights and meetings yeah, and man. film and meetings and lunch and then practice and film. Uh, Michael Irvin fell asleep 
mm-hmm. during uh, during a meeting. It might have been filmed during a meeting, and um, someone previously had fallen asleep, and yeah. he got cut instantly. Yeah. And right. so the question was, "Will Michael Irvin fall asleep in a meeting? Uh, what would you do?" And Jimmy Johnson said, "I'd wake him up." The rules are not the same for everyone. They can't be. The rules are not Tony. The rules are not the same. But but they must be fair um, on each on each basis. I got a better. Go ahead. Story. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell you so. I think as somebody asked him, it was about Troy Aikman. Okay, and he said, Yeah, that there's a fullback or whatever had fell asleep in the meeting and he got kicked out. Mm-hmm. He says, Well, what would you do if Troy Aikman got fell asleep in the meeting? He says, I give him a pillow, I give him a pillow, <laughs> and that's and that's <laughs> another level, and that's another yeah. level we're talking about. So, Steve, the rules are not necessarily the same for everyone, just in the NBA, LeBron sometimes gets calls, right. doesn't get calls. Um, you see big quarterbacks in the NFL, and they say, like, Cam Newton doesn't get roughing calls that little guys like Drew Brees would. So the rules are not the same for everyone, no. Tony. But you say you treat them differently but fairly. But fairly. Elaborate, please, as a leader. Well, I just think, look, everybody, first of all, you earn disparate uh, treatment. Uh, you that's earn the word. Disparate treatment. Boom, that's the word. Troy Aitman comes to, get, comes to play every single week. Mm-hmm. So if he happens to fall asleep in the meeting, it's probably because he's tired. Right. Because <laughs> he's been working really, really hard. Because at the end of the day, when Troy Aikman's in the game, he gets it done. They won two or three Super Bowls. Right. right? And so we He's have prepared. folks in our team that help us win Super Bowls. And you know, if they have a slip up every now and then, we can maybe look at that a little bit different than someone else. That's that's fair because they've earned it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how the team that. receives it as well. That's right. Like the team doesn't revolt that, you know, they're, they're not looking for you to discipline, you know, Troy Aikman. That's different. Right. A guy who's not producing that. That's anti culture. As a leader, I give right. you what you earn. Right. Like you so earn. That is the key. That I'll give As you a leader, what you I, earn. I give you what you earn or what you've earned. That could be, that could be the best line I've heard on the podcast yeah. since we've been doing it because <laughs> everything in life is earned. Right. You earn the right. Well, it should to, be. Uh, but especially in coaching situations, right. that's what makes sense. In leadership. And everybody understands that. If you've earned it, it's not only you and right. that person that knows. Everybody knows they go, all right, that dude earned it. But I have this conversation constantly in a personal sense and also in a business sense. And my viewpoint is, they go, well, why don't you trust me? I said, trust for me is like a paycheck. You get it for what you did the two weeks before. That's right. You don't start with 100% trust and then you can just chisel away at it. You know what I'm saying? It's like a bank account. You got to make deposits. So when you say, you know, earn, that's why I'm asking you, is there an ED on the end of that? (laughs) Is it earned? Earned. For did, what you've done previously. Did you just throw in a plug for the bank? Is I did. That what you did? <laughs> I did. BB&T, all they see is you. You want to make deposits. Yeah. <laughs> BB&T, best Happen bank in town. BB&T. <laughs> Let, let's, take it, let's take it back to the bank because, you know what, Tony is a regional president for BB&T. The, the, my, look at, BB&T is 150 years, but the way that in which they're different is because your story matters to them. Your individual story, whether it's your family or your business, those relationship matters. That's more team mindset really than just the big corporate conglomerates of banking in which you're just an account number. They yeah. don't know what your business does, what your goals are, what you're striving for. Do you think that's why you were a mesh in particular? Do you think that yeah. that's why you write for each other? I knew from the very beginning uh, when, when BB&T acquired the company that I was working for back in 2000, almost 10 years now. It'll be 10 years next month. Okay. Um, they acquired Colonial Bank. And right. the, the executives came to town that Sunday. We were acquired on a Friday. That Sunday they came to Orlando. We all flew up. And our CEO Kelly Kelly King got up on stage and started talking about BB and T. Not not about you know how much money they make, no. not about how much loans they make, deposits they make. He talked about their mission, the vision, the values, and the culture. 
And I knew right away that this is a culture that I wanted to be a part of, and it was an automatic fit. And I said, no matter what, this is where I want to be, and this is where I'm going to stay. Has it been 10 years that you're with? It'll be 10 years. Yeah, it'll be 10 years in August. Isn't it interesting, Steve? That's a fast 10 years, bro. Isn't it fascinating how more often than not culture, whether we're talking about ESPN, West Palm, or the entrepreneurs, or the leaders that come on this podcast, culture, people need to understand, is at, at the core of everything. Without a solid core culture of people who buy in, not pretend, not play along for eight, nine hours a day, right. but if it truly is within you and still with you, culture with it, you can do anything. Without it, you can't do nothing. So it's interesting what he said about being fair, because over the last month, we've had this conversation with a few other clients mm-hmm. about how do you build a good sales culture, and my answer to them is, any good culture is a culture of accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like, hey, listen, man, you own whatever you do or don't do. That's a really good culture. Like, I know I can count on you to do this. You do your job. I, that's a great. That but Tony. Good. So it starts with accountability. Sure. Which football players own because you watch the film right after. Which, yes. is, which is great for you. Yeah. And you're going to watch the film and everyone's going to watch you missing an uh, assignment. I, boom. I, I still, like, we have reports that come out. And I tell them that's a film. That's the eye that's in the sky. film study. The eye in the sky, don't but, lie. But here's the problem. So I'm in this eye business a, almost a quarter of a century. And I've watched the human mindset mores, mores, attitudes, and values shift. Accountability has never been more important, but it's never been more scarce. Nothing hmm. is any oh. longer anyone's fault. Nothing anymore. If, if someone gets pulled over on 95, they go, well, what about the white Honda? What about the blue Hyundai? They blew right past me. As opposed to you were speeding also. So you now as president, you need accountability more than ever, yeah. but it's harder to get people to be self-accountable. Is it not? Not if you build unless the right, you have the right culture. Unless, unless you build the right culture. Right? Yeah. And culture is the most important change you can make in any organization. It's the hardest. It takes the longest. But if you when you build the right culture, then your 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 opportunities. It's are just limited. like any other growth, though. Yeah. You have to pay attention to the foundation. Once it's built, it layers and it yeah. layers. Then it's hard to break down. Then it's obvious when people don't fit in the culture. Can you teach the core values of the culture or must they be, like I believe, they must be in the individuals and you have to kind of find them? Yeah, I mean, look, I can't motivate anybody. I can create an environment that allows you to motivate yourself. Mm. I can't can't give you fire. I can't give you passion. I can't give you any of that. But as a leader, it's my responsibility to make sure that your, your environment that I create for you might be different than his, but right. it's the one that I think you need in order for you to be the most successful. That's so hard to do at scale. Mm. I mean, that's almost, I mean, that's the job. The challenge. Yeah. And that's the challenge. I yeah. mean, to do it at scale, it's okay when you have seven people in an office. And, right. You know, now all of a sudden, how many branches do you So <laughs> I try to recreate when I'm meeting with my leaders, the people who affect the most folks in our organization, I'm really just trying to recreate myself. I want to make sure they're doing the same things that I would do. Well, you've done that. I know yeah. a lot of your people, and I've, you know, I've worked with you for a little bit, and yeah. it's, you know, it does go down you know, into the roots of how people are interacting. You, you have a very social culture. Yeah. People are out. They're touching people and doing you know, It's really fun. I mean, Not illegally. No, yeah, yeah right. Right. <laughs> you know what? Someone said that to me the other day. They go, that's one of those words that HR is having a real yeah. problem with. You know? Yeah. The old touch, AT&T, touch, right. reach out and touch someone. <laughs> that campaign went away, yeah, away went, away went away a long time ago. Uh, successful leaders in, yeah. in sales and in management, successful leaders do what? Give me a couple of things, according to you, that they absolutely must so, and do. So I, I've, um, I, I started developing this list a long time ago when I was um, uh, first went into leadership um, I call it my 10 P's to performance, excellent performance. Mm-hmm. 
And you will notice that as I go through these, a lot of these would be, imagine this being a football team or an athletic team or banking sales team. It doesn't really matter. So the 10 Ps, and I'll go through them quickly, first is people. People matter most, mm-hmm. most, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like any football team, right? You, you're you're going to have a really good team if you If you don't really get the people players. right, you have no yeah. Yeah. I mean, You need the right people. <laughs> Absolutely. The right people. And then the second one is process. I've never been on a successful team where I didn't see those teams have processes in place that allowed them to have continued success and build the right culture. Fantastic. Right? got to have process. So on a football team, like you knew, like if next August on the 25th, that's probably the second week of the season, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. Uh-huh. Right. You have processes in place that you Correct. just continue to run. People in process, P3. Partnership, mm. teamwork, right? Mm. If you have all these people and they're not working mm. together, then you're not going to have team success. Uh, internal partnership, external, or both? All of it. Right. Love it. All of it. Just right. a mindset, yeah. partnership mindset. Love partnership. It. Fourth four. is uh, persistence. Okay. You got to work hard. You got to keep at it. You're going to be times in the game where things don't go your way. It might happen when we play Florida on the 24th, but we're going to persist, we're gonna <laughs> okay, persist through that. that. <laughs> we're going to persist through that, and we're going to continue to work hard. Like from a sales standpoint, you probably heard the statistics before. Most sales happen after the fifth, fifth contact. Fifth to seven. Fifth five to, to seven. seven. Right. Yeah, I think you said this when yeah. you came right here. Yeah. Most sales people give up on second. Yeah, they're done. Oh, they didn't return my call. Bye. Right. right. So <laughs> no pers- persistence. They're lacking in persistence. Persistence. Right. Practice and preparation. Okay. Right? Yeah, every All professionals practice. LeBron's the best basketball player in the world. He practices all the time. But he practices, right? He mm-hmm. still practices. So if you're a professional banker or a professional salesman, you got to practice. What about participation on the back of that, though? You say participation. Oh, preparation. Oh, preparation. Excuse practice me. and preparation. Okay. got to prepare. Is that the same one or is that two? That's two. That's okay. the that same one. Okay. Don't practice and preparation. Okay. Right. Yeah. So uh, six is performance accountability. You talked about accountability, right? Mm-hmm. Like all good people, good performers, they don't mind accountability. Like hold me accountable. Extreme ownership. Show me. Yeah, <laughs> I want to right. own it. This is what I'm supposed to do, right. and I'm doing it. It's Tell me the numbers. Tell me what they look like. Where do I rank? I want to know. Like, yeah. I want to I oh, win. I love it. But it's right. not just holding um, you know, those at work uh, with you and for you and in the levels accountable. Don't you ultimately be, need to be the most accountable? Absolutely. Because I want to know where. I want to I know where I rank. I want to know where we stand. I want to I, I want to if, if you're – look. I can't tell if I'm winning if there's no scoreboard. Right. We <laughs> so, pick the game where they keep score. That's right. <laughs> so. The game's happening. You, you're going to participate or not. So you might as well, if the game's happening, you might as well win. I think three of the most powerful words are simple. That's my bad. And yeah. when someone says that, people's yeah. attitude changes what, what completely. Was the P? What, what was the P for accountability? Performance accountability. Performance, performance accountability. accountability. accountability wow. That was number seven. Wow. That, was number, that was number six. Six. Number seven is, and this is what... It's different with, I think, respect to my team is even though you have performance accountability, is always positivity. Mm. So the seventh is positivity. Like, I, look, I, you, you, to get to where we all are in our, our worlds and our businesses, you got to have teeth, but you don't always have to bite people. You don't always have to show them. Is that, I got them. <laughs> is that looking on the bright side of things or learning from failure? Or? I can say, hey, man, you, you really sucked at that. I can say, you know what, Steve? I, we, we got to try and can do, do that better. better right? I know oh, you I can do that. better. That's good. Right? So that's just I just said the same attitude. thing. I just said you attitude. didn't get it done, but right. I just said it in a positive way. That works. Way, that right? totally works. Uh, I think Charles Schwab said it. Um, um, uh, he has a saying that says, show me a man. There's never a man who would not give forth greater effort under a spirit of positivity than under a spirit of you know, negative. negativity. Right. right? So yeah, you will give it. greater effort. If, if you have yeah. a positive environment. Nobody wants to get yeah. their ass kicked right. all the time. And, it's, mm-hmm. 
Eighth is a prospect activity. Like you're always prospecting. Right? You got to always be prospect. Got to pick up the phone. Got to be out. You got to be social. Everybody's be, a prospect. All right, you got to be out, out and invisible. Mm-hmm. And then ninth is a really easy one for me. Is party. You party. Have fun. I like. <laughs> see now, I'm. I'm, 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 I'm be honest. I'm a little surprised. Party isn't higher on the top ten. <laughs> I was gonna say where well, that's 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 <laughs> Like I'm a little disappointed. You know. Well, see the thing. We've when been you, with you, him. We know it's part of the when top. You, when you do all these other things well, then you're gonna win. Then you have the right to celebrate. If you're if you're not doing well, that's, that's right. right. These must come first, and then the party's a celebration. You know, that's really cool, though. That is really cool that that's a part of gotta your mindset. Fun, Gotta have fun because you're keeping, but you're also keeping it real. Yeah, I, look, I spend a lot of hours at work. I'm not gonna be here if I'm not having fun. Mm-hmm. So mm. I try to create that environment for my team. Like this is not, it's not that serious. This is not. We're not saving lives, right? Right. But we're 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 allowing people to to further their dreams, and we're but that part also of that. makes That's you re- positive. But that also makes you relatable. Does yeah. it not make you relatable? You're not some stuffed shirt executive bank yeah. president guy. I don't know what that looks. You're like. real. I'm saying, but that makes you relatable. I hope so. I mean, it's just me. Like I I, I couldn't be. Right, anybody but me. But that's a part of why you're successful. I think to Josh's point yeah. is that when you have a vision of a bank president, right. I'm not thinking of you. Not good. good. You're. I'm thinking <laughs> that's of a, good thing. a guy that we go, we have a good time. Oh, right. by the way, what he does during the day is a bank president. Yeah. You know? Right. I know those people. I don't really like them that much. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. I know they're those not people. That fun. Right. I don't really like them very much. They're not. They they're not. They fun don't do out. the pe- They don't do that. Party. They don't do the party part. <laughs> but, but but I mean. I, you know, all kidding aside, relatability matters more than people realize. You don't yeah. like, like when when uh, Honey Boo Boo and her mama June were dominating reality television because yeah. a large portion of the country were like, that's not really different from our extended family. Right. We are relatable. Reality television works because it's relatable. The personnel is like Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. does not always have his facts right or his numbers right, and he got seven NBA right. final he's predictions wrong and wrong. Like but that. he's relatable right. because he's a dude that you know or that you want to hang out with or someone that in the airport you sat next to at the bar and you said, let me buy you a drink, dude, because you're killing me right now with these takes. Right. Relatability is everything. So I have a question. So, you know, we talk about... That that's not the you know the way we had it. We got one more minds. though. Remember, oh, there's another we, P. We, yeah, we, we got number okay. ten. Okay, go and then uh, party, uh, party was nine. Party was nine. None of this works without passion. If you're not uh, passionate about yeah, what you do, yes. forget about it. Fantastic. I know you. I know you both. Yeah. I know you're passionate about what you do. That's Amen. why you have success at what you do. If you're not passionate about it, quit. And you can tell. Quit. Other people can tell. Just quit. That's you un- can have passion and be unsuccessful, but you can't not have passion and be successful. Yeah. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? That's deep. It, well, it is. <laughs> it is. It's kind of like with hope. Anything is possible. Without it, nothing is. I, I, no. It is. It's true. So, so here's my question that I, that I wanted to make sure we got in. So did you ever, like, think of yourself as a bank president? I mean, here's a guy, grew up in Miami, you know, great football player, starting linebacker at, yeah. at UM. Mm. Uh, you know, at what point did your vision shift to say, <laughs> I'm going to be great in business and the president of a bank? It's not like you work at a bank. You're the president. Of the now, bank. why yeah. did you laugh, first of all? While you answer his question, why did you laugh? Well, you? First of all, I'm a health science major. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to go into sports medicine. Mm-hmm. And right. So that's uh, my point. Like, yeah. where was the vision? Like, you know? I, I Look, I, I wasn't going to go to the NFL because I wasn't passionate about football anymore, and mm-hmm. I wasn't good enough to make it to that level. So players like, like a Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like he showed, like he was passionate about, like that's he lived, ate, slept. That's his football. That was his thing. I'm like, I'm not that guy. (laughs) Like, so I need to go do something different, right? When I say if you're not passionate about something, quit. He was passionate about it, and obviously, his career has been, you know, phenomenal, best, best at at what he does. And I realized I wasn't 
good enough to do that. I didn't have that kind of passion, so I needed to do something different. So I needed a job. So I put on the one suit that I had, and I went to the career fair at the University of Miami. That's unbelievable. And talk about being relatable. I just started talking to people. There you go. I'd go up to people and be like, hey, tell me about what you got going on, right? So I got all these interviews from the banks at the time. A lot of banks had – BB&T still has a, a leadership development program. A lot of banks still had it at that time, and I ended up – Oh, so up, there's a formalized training? Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't know yeah. that. That's Out great. It's part of that culture. Great. Yeah, yeah. So they're grooming – that's their farm they team? Do. Oh, that's Absolutely great. Lot that of, is I great. I think most, almost all of our executives went through our leadership wow. uh, development program. Excuse me, banks had those at that time, and I just – I got offered like five jobs at banks because they had leadership development programs, and I had taken – I was a business minor, so I had enough credits to qualify for their programs, and I just went in and – Wow. And then you got to I choose. Did. Got to choose, Yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. must be nice to have options. You know, it's interesting. College. I just read something today <laughs> Making that Seth, Seth Godin posted that a lot of companies do training before they hire somebody yeah. and then do not support them once they hire them. Yeah. They, like the new the wave, that's the a new wave like Amazon is paying money to their employees to get smarter. They, they yeah. And companies are now reimbursing, hey, continued oh, education. Okay. I like Don't that. just get the job, get in. Right. Yeah. And then don't do anything. That's the new Vogue thing is, hey, listen, I want to get better. I want to learn whatever the learning is, not even a specific discipline to what they do. Yeah. They're supporting because smarter people are good for your company. Right. And if you lose them to somebody else, it's so expensive and so tragic to it's try and, place. you know, so that's awesome. Absolutely. I good, didn't even know that. That's good awesome. people, if you find them and they have the same core values and culture, you can teach them how to do the job well. Yeah. You can't teach people how to be good people. That's right. And actually own the culture as yeah. we've discussed many I times. When I interview somebody, I know in like in the first three minutes. Like if, <laughs> if they're if they're legit. If I'm gonna hire them. So, so I already what you, you know say that, is irrelevant. And you know that about friends, about just yeah. people in general. Yeah. Three gotta, minutes, you know what? There's something here. This is good. Right. Or you know what? There's a gazillion people in the world, you're not gonna be one of them. Maybe it's five, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know right. I know like I hire I I, I like to say We've done a really good job of hiring really good people. I love my team. Mm-hmm. We're number one in our company right now. Um, but I, I hired talent, and, and that talent is innate, and we, we teach you skills. Right. And that's so. we talked about the culture. ESPN yeah. West Palm, for example, other folks that have been guests on the podcast, that that is the core. It keeps coming back to good people that are teachable as opposed to people that are really good at selling that aren't good people that aren't good for culture right. that aren't good for team that are me me I, I want the ball well, in football you see it all the time there's young guys that have unbelievable talent but no work ethic no passion talent ain't enough you're a ain't enough. right that, that's not gonna work anymore. you gotta go you gotta go you got unless you go work play for bill belichick where he, he seems to cure everybody right well, yeah. well, he set the culture, right? There's a standard. He said that. You meet it or you don't. That's exactly right. Tony, you and I have talked about this off air because we are friends in real life that you and I both had a pretty good bullshit detector. Pretty good at knowing when somebody is trying but, but to. But I got in, so. Well, you, well did you, though? Did you, though? Did Ken, I? did he? Did he really get in? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's debatable. Okay. So you and I both have pretty good BS detection. Yep. Also, you and I are in a position have been for a long time, but people want to be really nice to us mm-hmm. because what we can do for them. Right. There are those moments, I call it the oh hey, where then they like, they're just kind of sort of friendly to you or whatever, and then you're introduced by name and title, and right. the eyes get big, and they go, oh, hey, yeah. and immediately I shut them down. Immediately, <laughs> they go into the box of want right. something, is impressed now because of what I can do for them. How do you view? Because for you, this is a constant. Because it's not, this is uh, my friend Tony. He's my associate Tony. Right. This is a, oh, president, regional president at BB&T. Oh, hey, I've been meaning to. <laughs> and right, it, right. the voice goes up an octave. 
Oh, I get yeah, I get hit with that all the time. Right. So immediately you're reevaluating these yeah, people. I would yeah, imagine. you do. And, but you know, I get I have everything from oh, what do you do? I'm in banking. Oh, you work at B. Where do you work? BB and T. What do you do? Are you a branch manager? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sort of, kind. Oh yeah. Right. Which branch? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. All of them. Yeah. And then they go, oh hey. Yeah. No, I'm I'm actually the. I mean, I'm I'm super humble about that. Like I don't like to. It's what you should be. Right. But, but I'm talking about the other end of it. Yeah. I'm talking about how you view those because we always talk about it. Character yeah. is revealed by how you treat those that can do nothing for you. Nothing for it's you. It's easy man. to be nice to the boss. It's easy to suck up to the one that can get you money, get you sex, get you fame, get you whatever, make your life easier. How do you treat those that can do nothing for you? The whole undercover boss on CBS is based on that idea. How yeah. do they act and react to without someone knowing it's without the knowing boss. it's the boss? Yeah. Yeah. If somebody doesn't treat my assistant well, it's over. Like it's Amen. And, I, and I, you I, have I a great assistant. Yeah. You have a great assistant. She's, she's awesome. Awesome. She must she's be very awesome. patient. She's awesome. She's got to be. She's great. She's, yeah. she's a saint. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. I, I do have one Tony Coley story that <laughs> aligns with that, yeah. that just validates who you are. In passing one day, I said to him, hey, if you get a chance, you know, they have their name on the building in Sunrise. I said, there's a concert coming up and I'd love tickets. Mm -hmm. And it was in passing. I mean, I didn't really jump on it. I didn't follow up. I didn't say a word. And just the week of the concert, I got a call from his assistant. She says, hey, there's two tickets that Tony has for you for this concert. And you remember. And I was like, you know what? There's a zillion people asking this guy for tickets. They got their name on the building. And yeah. he did that, made me feel so special, and, and it's the law of one. When you have the ability to make one person feel mm-hmm. that good, and then you do that at scale, that's why you are who you are. As a matter of fact, I posted on um, Facebook today, social media, that somebody asked me for Iron Maiden tickets. Mm-hmm. I just can't remember who it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you could, re- someone, whoever it was, please <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I could probably just His inbox is loaded. I, right I'm now. just saying, I can narrow that down for you. Yeah. It's, it's it wasn't going, me. It's going to no. It's, it's going to be a male. It's going to be a male age 45 to 62. So think about the males that you oh, know no, in that uh, range. You know what? Michelle oh, no. loves Iron Maiden. I don't know, man. She's she's a, a, I got four oh. tickets for somebody who can give me the best story. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Coley, regional president, BB and T. Yes, Thank sir. you, brother. Thank a you, pleasure man. as always. Steve, we don't tell them to tell us to tell us something. You know what's up and how you doing? That's small talk. That's nonsense. Uh, every week, every episode, you tell us something good as Shaka Khan sings us out. So why don't you, as we wrap number 72, tell us something good, brother. So I'm not sure if I said this last week, but I am super proud that I uh, got asked to do a TED Talk. So I will yes, be you doing, did. I did, I'll be doing yeah. my first TED Talk in Boca in September. And the second thing is I just got uh, asked to be on the board of Junior Achievement. So I've, oh, I've, that's had, great. I've had a lot of uh, success working with them, and they pleaded with me, and I finally said yes, so I joined the board of JA. But um, we, we could talk for hours with Tony about his philanthropic nature. You're on we every, support JA you, big time. I know. You're yeah. on every board. You're on every end. Well, and he does it. He we'll, goes. We'll have to have Tony back again. I would love that. Sounds I would good. love that. Uh, thanks again to Tony Coley for joining us. If he gets his tickets. Me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Maiden, I got four Iron Maiden. By the way, if you're a male between the ages of 45 and 62, <laughs> and you ask Tony Coley for Iron Maiden uh, tickets, <laughs> Turbo Lover, I believe that show is like tonight or tomorrow. You better get back to Thursday, Tony Coley. It's Thursday. On, it's Thursday. You better get back to him on Facebook. Uh, for Steve Littleberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time with the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long, everybody. <laughs>